Hello, Salon Sleuth fans. My name is Melissa and my co-host is Leslie. We decided we wanted to share our salon stories. We both have an interest in crime stories and a fascination with the psychic world. So settle in each week as we share another story with you. Who knows, you might even learn something. Like, I don't read because I fall asleep, but I did not fall asleep. I had to put it down to go to sleep. It's called Boy Missing, The Search for Kyron Horman by Rebecca Morris. It's really good. Um, I probably did it in three hours um, because I just couldn't stop. Um, And a lot of it I knew, and there's a lot of I didn't know about the whole case. Do you know anything about all of this? What what do you know about it? Yeah. So obviously, you know, you and I live in Portland, Oregon. So I think you would have had to have been living under a rock if you don't know the name Kyron Horman, if you are from Oregon and especially, you know, Portland, because I mean, I remember the day it happened. I remember the week it happened. I remember it dragging on. And um, in light of you and I, you know, doing this podcast today about Kyron. And by the way, it is, as you know, but for all of our listeners, the 10th anniversary of his disappearance is tomorrow. So in um, light of that, I thought I would kind of refresh all of that for myself. And what I remember is, oh my gosh, this thing is solved. Like, oh, they know, they know what happened. They know what's going on and nothing. And still to this day. So I'm going to let you, cause you've done the majority of the research and everything. I'm going to let you tell our listeners about this, but I think, you know, we, we all here in Oregon, like we feel like this little boy could be, you know, in our family at this point. Well, and to go with what you said, when you said the name Kyron Horman, everybody knows him here in Oregon, especially, but I go, for me, it goes beyond that. As soon as you say his name, I know exactly what he looks like from all the pictures all over posted. It just, there's an image that you already get right when you say it. And and maybe I'm more of a visual person, but that was definitely, um, it was just so sad, the whole thing. But um, I do want you to jump in at any time if there's a question or if you want to add something. And it, the book was written really well. It kind of goes back and forth, back and forth. So I'm going to try to keep it in a timeline. What's the name of the book? Why don't you tell our listeners what the name is? It's called Boy Missing, The Search of Kyron Horman oh, you did by Rebecca that. Morris. It had just came out. Um, I think I ordered it off of Amazon. I, I, It took too long to get here. It took like four days. What happened to Amazon Prime when it was like a day? Really? Um, I would like to have a whole wait. other podcast subject. <laughs> <laughs> because I had been talking um, to a girl who runs the the Kyron Horman Warrior Soldier Warriors or whatever the Facebook page it is, and I had sent her a whole list of different questions that I had, and she's like, "Just get the book. I think it's just going to be easier." And it and it probably totally was because there's so much more information in that book uh-huh. than um, than my super my little questions that I had sent her. So it definitely filled in. I just had to wait, and I didn't want to wait. I'm very impatient. Um, the other thing I did notice is I'm not very um, good at storytelling, especially if I have to go back to my notes. So um, I'm going to try to do my best. You're a really great storyteller, and I can tell a story if I know it really, really well. And I feel like I know this, but there was so much more information that I learned from reading the book that I feel like I might have to go to my notes and it might sound a little choppy, but that's why. Well, there's so much to this case, too. It is. And it's so sad because it goes back. Like, it didn't just happen, you know, 10 years ago. Everything 
you know, started many years ago before that. Correct. And it, so I may have to kind of bounce around to kind of get that information out. And when we first started talking about this, we were like, you know, there's a lot of cases in Oregon. And we had just been discussing the Kyron Horman and then Deborah Cox. And yeah. that, and we said, okay, well, we don't want to do a show yet on Kyron because we want new information. We want something to tell people that they don't already know. Because we feel like, Everything that's been said, you know, Terry's been on Dr. Phil and Desiree has been on Dr. Phil. And so everybody knows everything, right? Or we feel like they do. So we really wanted new information. So we've been searching and trying to find new information. Now there's not a lot out there, right? Yeah. But I did want you to tell listeners that, you know, your love of missing persons and especially this young boy, <laughs> yeah, it started. And I think it was more like a year ago that you started. It was a long time. We went up to the school. It was me and a couple of coworkers. We actually drove up there. And at the time it seemed like it was so far away and it's really not that far, but it felt like, you know, when you don't, it always seems further away when you are going to a new place and then coming home seems really quick. Well, and just to kind of give people the lay of the land is, you know, we live in a very suburban area of Portland, and obviously there's the urban area of Portland, but Skyline, where Kyron went missing, it's rural. Is, it's rural, and it's this yes. interesting thing. It, the the address is Portland, and a lot of those people work downtown, but it's this very interesting elbow of area that's at, uh, kind of up top at Skyline yeah. for a reason. It's up top of the hill that kind of surrounds and tucks around Portland, separating downtown from really the suburbs. So um, when we talk about it being far away, it's not really far. It's just windy and you just kind of have to go up it's into like the middle forest of It's parkish. It's yeah. like that whole area. And it's sort of like a divider from like downtown to Beaverton. Yeah. Like I didn't know just on that ridge, if you go down, you're going to hit Highway 30. Yes. Which is where Hood to Coast runs. Yes. Right? And I, I was like, oh, well, we're really not that far. And if you just take Highway 30, you'll hit downtown Portland. So it's kind of this, it's almost like a shortcut for some people. Correct. To get to Beaverton, to, you know, Sobeys Island or, you know. Yeah. Um, I had just never been to this area. So I had no, I had no footing of where I was. But it's definitely um, a different lay of the land than it is here where we live. But I went and I took pictures all over the school and um, in the windows and um, the parking lot. And, you know, it, it's funny because I had come up with my own theories and then you, and then you read the book and you're like, okay, well that didn't really fit with what I thought. And, and honestly, let me just put this out there. I have, I am super terrible with direction. So I also watched little boy lost on the discovery channel. So did I. Okay. Um, and that was really good, but I don't know if that was the most recent one, was it? Did it say what date that was released on? Yeah, I think it was the most recent. Okay. Uh, for some reason, I thought it was old after I read the book because there was so much more information. Because it just stopped, it kind of stops after the hour. Yeah. And I felt like there was more to it. Um, okay, so as we know, on June 4th at 3.30, uh, Kane, let's go with who these players are in the game. Kane is the father. Then you've got Terry, who's the stepmother. Desiree's the mother, the biological mother. And her husband is Tony. So those are like the key players in this. And we also have little Kayla at the time was Terry and Kane's daughter, which is 
Chiron's stepsister. Other people do not pronounce it Kayla. What is it? I don't remember, but um, because I just been listening to a bunch of shows today, and they they didn't pronounce it Kayla. What did they say? Because um, one of the gal was calling. It didn't sound right, but then when I look at the what it's it's K A Y L A. Ky- Kyla, Kyra, it's something like that. It's not, Ky- it's not Kayla, but I don't know. I, do, I don't remember right off the top of my head. And also one of the people that I was listening to her talk about the case, she kept calling him Chiron and I'm like, it's not Chiron. Yeah. Okay. So since we don't really know what her name is, I know her nickname is Kitty. Oh, cute. Okay. So yeah, we're she- just going to refer to the step little sister. She was what? Who six at- months old? She was 19 months when he okay. went missing. Okay. okay. Um, so we're just going to call her Kitty. And okay. So at 3.30, Kane, Terry, and Kitty head down the driveway to the school bus, which let me also put out there when I went to the school, we also found his house. And so I kind of know what they're talking about. There were no trespassing signs at the end of the driveway and the driveway kind of goes up. So you can't see the house, but I kind of figured out where it was. And um, so they walk down the, the gravel driveway to the end. And um, I guess that's where the school bus is. It's kind of a busy little street there, but um, they walked down there and he didn't get off the school bus. Kane was like, hey, you know, where is he? And he's like, he wasn't on the bus. And so he's like, we'll call the school. Maybe he's still there. Maybe he missed the bus. Who knows? And he calls. And then the school says that he wasn't there today. And I know that people were asking Kane, well, how was Terry reacting during that? And he's like, I was so frantic. I just grabbed Kitty and we ran up back to the house to get in the car to go to the school. So nobody really knows how Terry was actually reacting. Mm-hmm. Um, if it, it, Who knows? Because he was so in his own world, just trying to get to the school. And by the way, yeah, she's... She, she, you'll hear this throughout, but she's the prime suspect in everyone's mind, but... She's a stone cold liar. I mean, she sat on Uh, Dr. Phil and I can still tell she was lying, but she was, she's a really good faker. So I'm not sure that he would have picked up. I think she's just a really good manipulator. Yeah. I think she's really good at what she does and I think she gets what she wants. And sadly, I know somebody just like her that, you know, at the time you don't, you don't even pick up on it. And then after the fact, you can look back and be like, that's what was happening. And, you know, we're just going to assume at this time, she's still innocent, right? We're just, we're going to go through this and then we're, we'll let you guys decide whether you think she's guilty, but we're going to kind of go in that direction. It won't be very hard to come with that on your own. So they get to the school and the secretary is like, he's not here, but here's his backpack and his jacket. Did you see that part? Yes. Because that was a question that I had. Was this backpack there? Was this jacket there? So was, those two things were there. Given it is also June, there's no really need for a jacket, but he had one. And um, so they immediately call the next, or the, what, the emergency contact number. Yes. Which Desiree. happens to be Desiree. And she's in Medford. And that's like four hours from Portland. And so At she's least, like, what you- if not five is it it's I know it's far it's you know almost on the border isn't it it's way down there well yeah it I I would I would give myself five hours to get there they call her because she is the emergency contact get this she was also going to be coming there anyway that night because it was her weekend with the boys now 
Desiree has Kyron Horman. She also has another son, Quinn. That son was from a previous marriage, but that son also lives in Port or in Beaverton. So I, the two families, Kane and her other ex-husband are good friends. And so Kane actually will take the boys and drive, I think to Eugene, and then she meets them there and drives them the rest of the way back home. That's usually what has happened in the past. She was planning to come to Portland that night anyway. She's just at 4.45, still at work at Lithium Motors. And she gets this call, and she immediately, like, I'm out. I've got to get out of here. She gets the call. She drops everything. She goes straight home. She gets the dogs to the neighbor's house. She has to find her husband. Her husband's at a barbecue for, he's a detective with the, um, Medford Police Department. Mm-hmm. And um, so she has to do a phone break because it's, there's no cell, cell, sorry, cell service where he was. Mm-hmm. So he, they have to figure out which, you know, where they're at who, and then whose house that was. Call that number. They're on the phone. They have to do an emergency break to get into the phone line. And they're like, is this really an emergency? And they're like, yes, go get Tony. Well, Tony's had a few drinks. Oh, no. So he's not able to drive. So another guy you know, takes Tony home. He jumps in the car, but he's now a passenger. She's frantic, but he's like, it might be a good thing because she just wants to get there. She said she drove in four hours, 90 miles the entire time just to get there. Yeah. Um, and that's what the yeah, book says. I was going to say, you can't make that trip that quick. So she was hauling. She said 90 miles an hour. She was just going. Um, he wasn't, it didn't sound like he was really saying anything. He was just kind of the whole car ride was a, probably a little awkward and she's probably just freaking out. She actually, they both thought that when they got there, maybe he had been found by then. I think around Eugene area, they called in and um, she's like, tell me what happened again. Like what's going on? Like what, what happened to Kane? And he's like, she, he just wasn't on the bus. Like I, and then Terry's saying, you know, I took him to this science fair. Okay. Let's step back. Let's go back a little bit to the science fair. Yeah. I should have started this for the beginning, but so on uh, sorry, June 3rd was the day before all of this happened. On June 3rd, Terry had dropped off his science project already at the school. It's this big diagram about the, what is it? The red eyed green frog, red eyed tree frog. Right. So there's this huge, you know, thing that he had made. And so he took it, they took it to the school the day before. Then that morning, Kane and Kyron have a little like powwow. Hey, good job on that. You know, he's like, you know, he was, he's not able to go, but he wants to show his support. So they have a few moments together. And then her Kate, uh, Kitty, um, sorry, Terry, Kitty and Kyron go off to school, but they borrowed the truck and she never drives the truck. So the, um, a white Ford F-250 instead of her red convertible, was it a convertible? It's a cherry red Mustang. Mustang. Yeah. I don't know if it was a convertible, but it is a cherry red Mustang. She traded it for the white pickup truck. I don't know why. And it said in the book, she never did that. She never drove that truck. But for whatever reason. Do we know why? Well, you know, not in the book and nowhere else that I'd seen, but in my notes from a long time ago, when I was looking at this, it said something about she was going to bring the project home. But we know that wasn't true because she left it at the school and he took the school bus home. Yeah. But this could be one of many things that just didn't add up. Right. Right. Okay. So 
at the school fair, there were like three or 400 people at the school and it wasn't monitored. People weren't signing in. There were grandparents and everything. This is a very small school. That seems like a really high number, but maybe everybody made a project in the classroom. And if you have so many different classrooms, it's, a, you know, it's an elementary school. So then you times it times like three or four people because grandparents are coming too. So maybe there was that many people. Well, and my, got, my yeah. kids at school never did that, but, um, I, I, at first I always questioned like, why did they have it before school? This is so weird. But I think it was like that science fair where everybody shows up before school, they see the the presentations and then the kids go off to their class and everybody leaves. Um, right. and it, it was like yeah. 400 people. Yeah. So I think the school opened up at eight and I think that's when they were there and they, they go to where the classrooms were and they saw the projects and each mm -hmm. classroom had their own. And and then what happens is school starts and then the classrooms are going together in different classrooms and they're going to travel around to see all the projects. And then later that day was also going to be a talent show. Yes. Yeah. So um, there's also a big confusion because Terry had emailed the teachers saying that Kyron had a doctor's appointment on Friday and she just wanted to let her know. And so that day of the uh, you know, the, at the science fair, you know, she's taking a picture of Kyron who is wearing a CSI shirt. Yeah. Now I was kind of like, what the hell, a CSI shirt? Like that was planned. It had to have been. But one of the things that Kyron really liked was forensics and he liked it yeah. for, because his stepdad was a detective yeah. and they would watch some of these shows together. And he, Kyron actually bought that shirt himself a year previously, or sorry, the, the fall of that school year, they went on a field trip to OMSI and he bought it at the gift shop. So he bought it himself. And I bet his stepmom was there, but he bought that shirt. And so I bet she, though, maybe was like, hey, you should wear this shirt today. You know, it's a science fair and science is forensics. And, you know, so who knows? I'm just making all of that up. But I'm I'm assuming I'm guessing. I'm going to say we're going to guess that she's innocent. Yes. So maybe he <laughs> loved that shirt and he put the two together that it's science, right? So he yeah. wore that shirt that day. Um, let's just say that happened. <laughs> and so uh, I just feel so bad. And I, I'm going to feel even worse if she really didn't do it. Okay. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but let's just go with what we know for sure. So she takes a picture of her, of Kyron in front of his project. He also takes a real, a picture of one of his really good friends, Ellie and Ellie's mom's name is Alice. And he, she takes a picture of Ellie in front of her project. So I believe they then went downstairs. So the school is like two levels, but the stairs, the staircases themselves, I think they're like my house where it's a split level. So yeah. like if you go down a set of stairs, it leads you out the door or you can go, keep going downstairs to the the downstairs of the building. Right. Okay. So um, if you leave his classroom, you can go down, like I said, the split level stairs. And then there's another staircase that goes outside and that will take you all the way down to the track and the playground. Okay. But on the opposite of the building is the parking lot. Okay. And then in between, in the middle of it is the half staircase down. You can go out, go out the front of the building or keep going down the stairs you know, backtracks back down the stairs to the basement. Does this make sense to you? You've lost me a little bit, but you need to put that okay. image online. And it is now about 845. They're downstairs. And he. this is when the picture is taken. I think they can prove, or what's that right? The 
Was the picture taken downstairs? Uh, this is where I'm getting confused. Whenever they took the picture of him with the frog was about 845. And they, I think they've proven that. And yeah. so they are, um, I don't know, maybe my timeline's up. But at some point, she's leaving the school. It's 845. She's downstairs. She has to go up at least a half a, a, a half a set of stairs to get to one of the doors. She says she was on like the north side. Okay. In one instance, she says she's at the front of the door. Another instance, she says she's on the north side. And they she says they took separate staircases up. And that is probably true because Kyron at some point passed his friend Tanner on the stairs. Okay. Did you see that to part two? Mm-mm. And he didn't see Terry, but maybe either Terry was ahead or behind. Is or maybe a separate... Is this the ID investigation that you're getting all this info? Well, this could also be from the book. Okay. I was going to say, I don't think this was in the ID. Yeah. So um, at some point he does pass his friend Tanner on the, on the staircase. He does not see Terry. So, you know, as a second grader, I would be like, Hey, I'm going to meet you up there or, you know, whatever. They could have definitely gone on separate staircases. But then again, you have to go up another flight to get to the same floor on the upper level. Right. Right. So she says that she sees him from where she's standing, walk down the hall to his classroom. Okay. Yeah. Which there's three or 400 people in the building. Are you going to be able to see him all the way from one building to the other side? Wave at you. Well, I guess there was some question. I, I did see that where she said, let me see. Desiree and uh, what's the dad's name? Kane. Kane were mistaken about what room he was actually in. Terry was actually right. They kept thinking he was in last year's room and he ended, it ended up being that she was correct in her room. But I just, I don't think that I think he left. I mean, I don't know. That that's yeah. where the that's where the suspicion. Well, I don't. In. I don't think it actually happened because because there's so many people in the building. I don't know if she could physically see somebody with all those people in the building go into a classroom. They literally interviewed every person. Four hundred and ninety people Correct. they interviewed. Correct. I, so that's a lot of people. How could you see him? I just, I just I don't know. That one never stuck with me. The other part that I was questioning is, okay, she also blew the smoke with the teacher, with the email, right? Right. Hey, here's a doctor's appointment. So the teacher's not actually thinking he's missing. He's no. just going to be coming back because she told me about this doctor's appointment. Correct. Now, Terry claims that the doctor's appointment was for the following Friday. Yeah. But why would you email a week and a half ahead of time to tell somebody about a doctor's appointment. That's a week in advance. Like I send my kids with a note that day, yeah. maybe call in the morning, but I would never do that. That's okay. very confusing. And I think it was confusing on purpose. I do too. Yeah. And she said something else. Um, I have to go back to my notes about what the, um, she was like, no, she was confusing it with, you know, something else that she said, but she was like, it had nothing to do with that doctor's appointment. And I'm like, I don't know that the whole thing's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's, it's and, a little suspicious. 
Yeah, so um, he passed the Tanner on the, the boy Tanner on the front staircase. That's what it says in the book, the front staircase, which is the one that leads to the front of the school. Okay. So was he on the lower half? Was he in the middle? Was he in the top half? Because maybe he, you know, he saw him, his friend Tanner, and then went out the front door. Like, because then the front door is, goes, it goes to like that little foyer, like a little, it's almost like a little play, playground, playground right in front of the school. Here's and the then problem. Right, yeah. here's, the, here's the problem with that. And Desiree obviously is the mother. She said he would have never left by himself. He was no. a very fearful little boy. He couldn't see very well without his glasses. He had like no visibility. And you can tell that from his pictures. Like it's pretty, it's pretty, they're pretty thick. So he, she says he would have never like just wandered off by himself. He had a lot of fear right. about that. She said he was not an instigator, but he was a joyful follower. Yeah. Is what he was um, quoted as being. And he just sounded like a, he sounded like it, probably a lot of energy, <laughs> but he also sounded like she ran, Terry ran a very tight ship because she wanted color coded cards for the day, depending on how well he did. And so they were like, red was like the worst card you could get. It was like, he was misbehaving blue was the next worst one and then the, it goes up like yellow and blue and or sorry green and um unless he got like the top card like he she wanted Kane to discipline him now that really? was a little confusing right but it was only Terry I don't think those cards actually existed for the whole class I think she wanted that personally for her to judge how he was because we should say she was a teacher Okay, she has her, so I used to give her a lot more credit, now, and maybe she still has it, but according to this book, um, I was I was always under the impression that she had gone off to school and, and had the education to become a superintendent. Well, I think what it turns out, her dream job would have been a superintendent. However, she couldn't even land a teaching job. She was only able to land two substitute teacher jobs. Oh. Yeah. So she wasn't even, she has her teaching degree, but she was never hired as a full-time teacher. She was only a substitute teacher. So. Okay. Um, and did she have another son as well? She did. And he was older and his name, what was his name? And he lived at the house too, right? For a while, for yeah. a long time, actually. Yeah. Um, about six, it sounds like about six months before Kyron goes missing, he's sent to go live with her parents. And that's around when things started not go going very well. Do we for know that, why? That household. Well, okay, so it, it kind of goes into um, a little bit. I don't believe it was because she wanted him to leave. I don't believe Kane maybe didn't want him there. Okay. I know that she probably covered for him quite a bit. And she hired a landscaper to do some yard work where I think Kane always thought it was her son that was doing the work. Yeah. Because it was so much work. I think he, she was like, I'll just pay this guy to do it. And then her son will get the credit for it. And then maybe things will be smoother around the house. So Kane never knew that this landscaper existed. And so I think that's what happened. I don't know exactly what, you know, happened between the families where the son had to go move, but I don't think it was because Terry wanted him to, it sounded like he was going to go live with her parents. Okay. I think at that point is where things kind of shifted in the, in the family 
totally. I think um, she resented Chiron because she can't even have her own son there at the house, but Chiron can be there. Who's just a stepchild. Okay. And let's, let's go back a little bit to when, why Chiron is at the house. Okay. Can we stop for a second? Because yeah. um, I was reading, or, or I was listening to her interview today on Dr. Phil and she actually says in it, um, that she believes that Chiron was being touched inappropriately because she walked in on him doing some inappropriate things. So she actually feels like he was, um, she alluded to, you know, maybe he could have left on his own kind of a thing that he was being mistreated. But when you're sitting here telling me that the other son, which I didn't even know, had been shipped to grandma and grandpa's house kind of not willingly I make a connection right there. Exactly. And so I did read that thing about how he was with his little sister. Is that what you're talking about? No. First of all, he's seven years old. If he's say, if she's saying there's inappropriate stuff going on, he was seven. Like he's just, he doesn't even know what that is. If it, if it was anything. Right. So I think she was saying these stories to kind of start a groundwork. Muddy the water. She totally was. She was making up all these things and all different kinds of variations because according to what she was saying about the doctor's appointment is because she thought he was having many seizures. He would just space out. And so she wanted to have him check out, checked out. And so that's why he had this appointment, not on the 4th, according to her, but on the 11th, I think is the next one. Um, But why would you tell your teacher like on Thursday about a Friday appointment the next week because she's oh. mudding the water. Like she's just making it really confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Here's so my, here, yeah. I know we're going to, we're going to keep going on this, but here's my thing to just gnaw on a little bit is I know she's smart. I know she has several degrees and everything, but is she that smart to have not made a mistake in this whole thing? Is she, no. either, she this, just got really lucky. I mean, the tr- but, down oh the truck God. and then Dee Dee, her best friend, gets the burner phone. I mean, there is so many layers to this story, and I know you're going to yeah. keep going in it. That <laughs> I, I just I just can't believe she's that smart to have literally, they have not, they did not find a single piece of evidence around that school. Nothing. Either. No, I think she got lucky. I think she's smart. I think she's more manipulative than smart. I think she's got that mind that kind of um, thinks out the box outside the box and manipulates people. She can get people to like her, but then at the same time, people think she's weird. They think she's yeah. odd. She's like, but for some reason, I think she can get the attention of boys, men, yeah. whatever. Um, I know that they had a fight the night of the third. And, um, I don't know how bad it was, but she got on the email and emailed one of her friends saying that she's leaving with uh, Kitty and the next day she was going to leave. And did she, was she going to take Kyron too, or was she just taking, she's going to move out. They were going to get a divorce and she was leaving the day that Kyron went missing. Now, did, do you remember, did she write that email that morning or that night? The night after the fight. Okay. Yeah. But her but car thing is she yeah. said they were up to like really, really late, like three o'clock in the morning fighting. Yeah. I think she probably never went to bed. I think she was like fuming and mad. And, but I do know, I read in the book that her car was found on different rural roads before this happened. 
right? driving so, around. And right. she would she would say that was to put the baby to sleep because the baby liked to would, would fall be in the car in the car. And I've been that I've done that with my kids. Yeah, get in the car and drive and do that. But it also kind of sounds like she's looking for areas to me. Well, again, it's either a horrible, horrible coincidence or she was looking yeah. for a place to dump it. And the other thing I want to point out is, you know, the red convertible, people saw that on the side of the road. It was obvious it's a red convertible Mustang. You're going to see that on a on those like country roads out there. That's going to be right. obvious, which also brings me to the point of why she wanted that truck that, that day. Because the, in that area, people, that's what they drive. Work trucks are all white. Did she ever say, did, did Kane ever say what her reasoning was? Oh, it was for the project. It was for the project, but she never had a home. Yeah. I mean, I read that years ago and I didn't see it in the book. I don't, there was no reason in that episode even of why she traded the car. My one point was, did she do this often? And in the book, it said, no, she did not. So she never took the boat or the big truck out, but you wouldn't even question a white pickup truck on the side of a road in that area because that's what everybody drove. But you would definitely remember a red convertible or red. Uh, I keep saying convertible, but Mustang is what I mean. Um, so I think that's why she took the truck, honestly. Yeah. Okay. But, but we're going to assume she didn't do it, right, Leslie? <laughs> yeah, she, no, she didn't do it. She just took that truck. She had really bad luck or really great luck. Uh, we are, we do not it. have very good po poker faces at this point. No, she's still innocent. Um, so the, <laughs> she is. Yeah, we've jumped all over the place. And I know. Hopefully she's we innocent covered some until proven guilty, right? Right. There's no proof of anything. She, nope. Yeah. So, at least we, we haven't gotten to see it yet. Yeah, um, I know. Anyway, so they're at the school. It is um, the police were called. They were there within three minutes. And then, you know, not only Multnomah County, now the sheriff department's out there. The superintendent is like, um, sorry, no, the, I think it's the school principal stayed there all night. She stayed till Desiree got there. She wasn't leaving. She's like, we need to find him. Like she feels terrible. This happened at her school. Again, you know, a lot of schools now have video cameras and stuff. They had nothing at that. This is a school. Imagine in the real road in that one little, little house on the prairie chapel church. Yeah. That's kind of how it is. It's like, this is like a neighborhood. Everybody knows everybody out there. Like, um, why would you need a camera? You know, Bob down the street and, you know, Sue's coming down with her, you know, coffee cake. And, you know, that's just well, how, the, and how this, they are. This changed the way Portland public schools and schools in the area do things. I mean, after this happened, there were like major changes in school districts where the school would immediately call the family or within a couple hours if the child was not there for school. So we should say that everybody had seen him at the science fair, but then the teacher marked him absent and they didn't call. And the teacher didn't really think it was a big deal because she knew about this doctor's appointment, whether she had the right day or the wrong day, she'd been told about this, this appointment. And I do that as a coach all the time. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember, you know, the parent mentioning something that must be tonight, you know? So right. I, and his backpack's still there. He's coming back after the doctor's appointment. Like yeah. everything's fine. Exactly. You know, and the, I mean, it was the perfect storm. If this wasn't planned, this is like something 
like just worked out really well for somebody. Correct. Right. Correct. Or really terrible for a lot of other people. Yes. Yeah, it was just horrible. Yeah. Um, and so sad. I mean, yeah, terribly sad. Let's and I, back wa- to- yeah, I was gonna say, and I, you know, I saw Desiree's, you know, interviews several times, the bio mom and, um, I did, my heart breaks her. I mean, she still just can't stop crying about it. And yeah, I, she said, they said, do you ever get to like a new normal? And she said, no, in fact, yeah. it makes me mad when people say that. You know, it's funny because, um, she seems to me the type where she could have been like shy, like Kyron. And I think this has made her stronger in a weird way, right? Where I think she has a purpose to fight for. Mm -hmm. And um, because in this book, it talks about her childhood and it was, and she doesn't refer to her biological mother as a mom. She calls her by her name and her mom used to go to work and lock her and her brother in a bedroom. And it was just like a lamp and a mattress and they would play like on the mattress, they would like slide it off the bed. So they would have like a slide. And then what, at one time the apartment complex, the apartment below them caught on fire and they had, and they, but they knew that the mom always locked him in. She just happened to check the door and it was unlocked. And so they ran outside and, you know, went to get help. And then her mom comes and she's furious at them because they got out. Oh my! And now she's should, in trouble. And I should also say, I know when when this case first happened, I was a little suspicious of what kind of a mom Desiree was. Well, she just to tell everybody, she had sole custody of Kyron, and she went to Canada for like a girls' weekend or something. And she had had issues with her kidneys, but she ended up having getting a kidney infection, and she ended up going to the doctor while she was there. And the doctor um, helped her figure out what was going wrong and going on. So she actually spent a couple months in Canada dealing with this kidney issue. And and when she came back, she said, "Okay, you know, Kane, I'm on my way back." Oh, by the way, in that period of time in those few months that she stayed up there, she had given him full custody, signed it over to him so that he could enroll him in school and whatever, do all that stuff. Well, so then when she got done, she said, Hey, I'm coming back through town. I want to pick him up. And he said, yeah, not so fast. Exactly. So So she had, I believe lupus and the medicine she was taking was attacking her kidneys. Oh, okay. So I think that's what that all happened. And they don't even allow that medicine anymore in the United States. Well, yeah, so you right. heard. Something yeah, so about- she went up there for the vacation. She came back home, made arrangements, quit her job, was going to take the boys with them. And then they wouldn't sign them out of the country. They're like, we'll just keep the boys because, you know, you have Kyron and then you have her other son, right? Right. And so they stayed with their fathers. And like you said, I think she was kind of tricked. And then she basically loses custody at that time. But she had Kyron for the first two years. Now, let's step back a little bit even further. Because, um, you know, they got divorced. They separated when she was eight months pregnant. Yes. She went and lived in um, a different bedroom in the house. But at night, she could hear him bring somebody into the house which we can assume who it is. Well, they were dating for several months before the divorce was final. And she and Terry had been friends. Like they knew each other. She will tell you in the book, they were never friends. Oh, did they know each other? 
No, he met Desiree. Let's say here. So they met in on April 1996 at a gym. So this is pretty common for Kane. He meets his people at a gym. They, yeah. He later sees her at a bar. And then they, they hang out, you know, whatever. They go to get married. It looks like July 15th of 2000. She got cold feet. She was ready to run out the door. And his mom stops him and is like, you have to get married. Like, it was, she was literally running for the stairs. And the mom's like, nope, you're you're going. The mother-in-law's name is Chris. And she Wait, stopped her. And, with Desiree yeah. or with Terry? With Desiree. Oh, sorry. He yeah, met no, with Desiree at a at a gym too. Yes, this is very what? common for him, right? So then, in January two thousand and two, two years after they were married, or I guess a year and a half, she finds out that she's pregnant, and he doesn't want anything to do with the baby. He doesn't want a baby. He that was not their plan, and so he's like, "I'm going to just give you the rights. I don't want." And so she's devastated because now she's pregnant. Her husband doesn't want a baby that her life is changing. Well, apparently he had gone to his mom. Who's the one that kind of seems like, you know, she wanted Desiree to get married to him. And now because she was about to leave. Right. And now, you know, Kane's about to ditch this child and he has a conversation with his mom. And all of a sudden now he's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a father. Yeah. And then it, it was like, he was yeah. a, a wandering eye. Exactly. So just three or yeah, three months after she finds out she's pregnant, she's almost positive he's having an affair within three months. Right. right. So, and so let's just say five months after she finds out her, his kids, one of his really good friends calls her and tells her it, it's confirmed. He is having an affair with you. She finds in his briefcase, a letter that Terry has written to him. And it is basically says, Kane, to survive this, you must trust me. And there's all these different things. Contact an attorney, transfer all necess unnecessary money to an account with only your parents' name on it. You know, take her name off all of stock markets, IRAs, 401ks. This includes benefits as well. And put your account info, um, bank MMs, whatever that is, IRAs, et cetera, and paperwork with your driver's license. Yeah, maybe into a safety deposit box. She wrote this whole list of things like he, and it says, have lots of sex with me. Gross. <gasps> and then, unless you're 125% sure that this child is yours, have a DNA test. Oh, um, make sure you document everything. I mean, she wrote out for him what he needed to do. This is the kind of sick person. Okay. Given he's not also very seller either because right. you know, he's messing around with this crazy woman, because don't you think about it? Like when you're, if, if you started dating somebody who would give you the, this list, how nasty is this person going to be later to you? Yeah. yeah. What goes around comes around is always my phrase. Yeah. Okay. And let's just mention while um, Desiree is down the hall in her own little bedroom and she can hear, you know, activity in the rest of the house. Oh, guess what? She gets an STD. <gasps> pregnant Desiree gets an SED. Well, guess what? She's already been having trouble with her kidneys. Now she's in and out with pre-labor in and out of the hospital because of this. No. Oh, and this is even fun. This is so much fun. I mean, this is just tells you how, what a great person, you know, Desiree, or not Desiree, um, Terry was, is, you know, Kyron was born September 9th, 2002. So she is actually giving birth. Like she's in labor. Well, she's not giving birth at this moment. She's in labor and somebody cracks open her door 
and her head pops out, and guess who it is? Terry? She's looking for Kane. What? At the hospital? At the hospital, while Desiree was in labor. No. Yeah. Yes, sir. She was looking for Kane. Then later that day, little Kyron was born. Adorable little Kyron. And then it looks like on December of 02, Desiree moves out of the house and she takes Kyron with her. Well, interesting thing is, as she's leaving with all her stuff, she looks over and there is a moving van parked on the side of the road. And guess who's moving in the same day? (gasps) Terry. Moved in the same day that Desiree moves out. How long was Terry and... uh... Kane married. So they didn't get married until 2005. But this is all from 2002. So they dated the three years before they okay, got married. Okay, and he went missing in 2010. Yes. Okay, so they were married five years. Yes, and they didn't have him for the first two years. But oh. okay, but they were they she lived with him since 2002. Right? Yeah. So even though so that's 8 years. The first 2 years of oh my god, this is so sad too. So the first 2 years she had them. She still Terry was still with Kyron for 6 or 5. Let's go back to um Desiree just a little bit. In 2000 in February of 2003, her friend and her um Sherry they go out to Gearheart for the weekend and against Sherry's, you know, what Sherry wanted for her, um, Desiree was done. She just threw her wedding rings into the ocean, into the Pacific Ocean. And with, I mean, it's weird now that we've talked about like the ocean mm-hmm. and that area. Mm-hmm. Like I have this little like, uh, like, oh, it's the ocean. It's, it's so final out there. And it just, because we've had other cases out there, it just seems so, um, Surreal, I think, when I think of the ocean now a right. little bit. And then let's see. Okay, so then in August 2004 is when she goes to visit her friend. Oh, hold on. I hope I got that. Um, in August of 2004 is when she goes to visit her friend up in Canada. And then that's when she gets that kidney infection. And then that's when the doctor was like, let's figure out what's happening versus just treating it. And then she came home, sold all her stuff. Went up there for two months, dropped the boys. She was actually going to take them, dropped them off at the, at the ex's houses and goes up to Canada. Um, comes back in debt because of the all the medical bills and the legal bills for that. And I think a lot of us, like I thought in the beginning, like how what mother doesn't take her kids? Yeah. She fought for them for two years. Wow. So it, she had them for two years. She fought for another two. And then she's just strapped. She has no money. Like, how do you do that? Right. Well, and I think she was um, working at a bank in Medford. Yes. She was a bank manager. And it, that's how she met her husband, Tony, was because he was in the forensics department mm-hmm. of that of, of banking, I guess. And so I think that's how they had actually met. Yeah, and they that. met and married in 2009, so the year before. And Tony mm-hmm. actually sounds like a really great guy, um, just like a man's man, hangs out. He just seems like a normal person. And you Kyron know, he, really liked him. Kyron wanted he did. to be a detective. And... Yeah. yeah, I think they had 
you know, lots of things that they like to do. And I think Kane, you know, the times that they spent, he probably also did. He had like the fishing pole at home. And mm-hmm. here's the other thing. Um, you know, the whole ruckus is happening at the school and they're there all night long. It's like, she said when they pulled up, it was like a, she goes, it, all the lights, it was like an opening to a furniture store. There were so mm-hmm. many lights or oh, like a, a movie premiere. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, she's not tired. She's not hungry. She's just like, where's my son? And, um, she's super upset. Doesn't understand what had happened. And, um, then that night, I think they had to go to Kane's house and she basically, they stayed at Kane's house. It mm-hmm. was really awkward. Um, I think, um, everyone's super upset, upset, except Terry, Terry is playing hostess. And I guess, you know, at some point it is your house, but, and, but you're offering drinks and food to people and, you know, trying to like keep it light, but you also still have a stepson missing. So I think that was super, um, interesting to a lot of people who are looking at her and wondering what the heck is happening for sure. The one thing I do want to mention is on their drive up from Medford, Tony, the stepdad who had been, he's an investigator. He's currently working at the bank, I think doing forensics with the computers or something, but in the past he had covered a case and in that case, and let me go back to um, the page on this one, because this was super interesting and you know how you get that gut feeling. It sounded like he had one on the way up. He says all he could keep saying in his head was um, 70 feet and 70 feet. And what that meant to him was 70 feet was his distance from Billy Simmons trailer to a patch of field in Southern Oregon where Kaylin Glacier's body was found in 2008. She was 15 years old when she went missing in 1996. And what he means by that, and it says on here, um, it is to remind them that in a missing person's case, areas must be searched multiple times and then searched again because they had covered that area and they covered it again and they covered it again. And then they finally found her, but she was only 70 feet from where they were looking. So as he's going up, like he knows that area is so dense with like blackberry bushes and trees and all of this stuff. You could literally just walk right over it and not even know it well that's what everybody said it could be three feet away from you and you wouldn't be and able you to can find see it, it. Yeah. and especially if she or somebody buried him you know it's going to be much harder because now you've got 10 years of leaves and brush that have grown and ugh. anyway ugh. So where did I leave off? So we are at the house. She's acting really weird. Anytime uh, Desiree goes somewhere, Terry's kind of following her, like going downstairs with her and going, you know, I think she's just kind of trying to feel her out. Like what, like what is, what's her reaction? Like what's going on? Terry's also very surprised that Desiree drove up. Oh, she, oh, you're coming. She says like, of course I'm coming. Like, my son's missing of course i'm coming the other weird thing about the house is none of them because it's so rural out there yeah, yeah. they didn't have any window coverings on any of the windows in any part really? of the house yeah it was that was kind of strange and so the detectives were tired of holding like a towel up in the bathroom window so they could go to the bathroom um that the detectives went to home depot and bought window coverings for them besides the fact people were kind of roaming around and you know hanging out and um 
and they hadn't put up the trespassing signs yet. So I think there were people in and out, news media and everything, and they could just see right inside the house because they had no window coverings. They went and covered them up, right? Oh, here's another thing. They put a wire on Kane to see if she would, or if anybody would say anything. And at one point, Terry sees it on his neck. And he's, she's like, what is that? Are you taping me? And so now she's all suspicious. And, you know, he didn't know what was going on. He's like, they just said, do this. And he's like, all right. So she found it, right? And they did it pretty immediately. They like did. Within days after yeah. she went missing, they suspected her pretty much from the word go. Right. So then she wants to go put up no trespassing signs at the end of the driveway. And she wants Tony to go with her. And she kind of wants Tony to himself. And so as they're walking, she's kind of flirting. She's telling him about how her back kind of hurts and blah, blah. And um, she runs her finger up and down his back and she's checking for a wire. What? That's what he claims. He was like, either she's being all touchy friendly or she was looking for the wire because that's where Kane's was on his back. She runs her finger up and if I think of my friend who reminds me of her, she would do that (laughs) to my husband, but just because she liked him, not because she, (laughs) yeah. Um, Let's not call her a friend anymore. No, you're right. They start digging through some information. They, they, they actually go and get everybody's phones and they download all the information. And Tony at this point says, our lives are now public. Like there's no secrets anymore. And Terry was kind of upset about that because she wanted, um, she didn't want to give up all her stuff. Right. Well, she was sexting already with some other guy within like two. Um, not quite yet. Okay. It was coming, but not quite yet. So she does invite a friend over and I'm trying to go back to her name. I believe it's Alice, which is little Ellie's mom offered to bring some food over. Remember Ellie was the, mm-hmm. the other picture and down there. So Alice brings some food over and she's like, Hey, um, I want to talk to you downstairs. And so they go down to the basement and she's like, I need you to tell the police that Kyron had a doctor's appointment. And she's like, I know nothing about that. I'm not going to say that. I don't know anything about that. And so she's like, Oh, you know, no big deal. I was going to have him checked out because he was having seizures. And she's like, I don't, I don't know anything about seizures. So as they're walking back up the stairs, she goes, yeah, you know, that doctor's appointment that he was going to like, as if they were just talking about that downstairs so that everybody else can hear that they were having this conversation. And then now they can be like, well, we were talking about it, but I knew nothing about it. What she says she did is she dropped him off at school. She says she went to Fred Meyers, which is close to where they were somewhat. And then they didn't have what she needed. So she went to a different Fred Meyers. And then she claims um, that she went to the gym. Is that right? And then she went um, home and posted the picture and waited for Kane. Well, then um, they were like, huh, that's interesting because we see the surveillance video showing that you left Fred Myers at 912. And which, by the way, she parks really, really far out. And so far, you can't really see with the video cameras inside the truck. It is away from everything. And they said it wasn't necessarily because of door dings. It was because that's what Kane does. And she was just used to parking out like that. And then when Kane was asked about that, he just like, whatever, like, no, I didn't do that. Kind of, it sounded like he scoffed is what they said in the book. And so she parks far away. She goes to another Fred Myers, and I think she gets Motrin and a couple of other items. And in the 
in the video is just her and Kitty. They can also see Kitty in the car seat in the back of the truck as it was leaving, but they couldn't because of the, 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 the truck and the, the angle or whatever, they couldn't see if there was anything else in the truck. Then the, she goes and she goes to the gym. Well, she doesn't check into the gym. And this is where it gets kind of weird too. The timeline is all off. She says one time, the, the gym says a totally different time. My favorite part is that the, yeah. the little girl is not feeling well. So she's yeah. sick with something and she's taking her to the gym, you know, daycare. I just love that parent. Yeah. So I worked at the daycare at the gym and I know that people do that. So I'm like, yeah, I also believe that people drive around forever too and try to get yeah. their babies to sleep. Um, but I do have to say the detectives never did find the Motrin that she bought at the store and they never found anything else that was on that receipt. Really? She would just say, oh, it's around here somewhere. And then, but never, according to the book, it was never, they could never find it. Where, so, what else did she get? Didn't she get some sort of Benadryl or something? It didn't say exactly. The only thing I could see was Motrin and a couple of other items is what it said, but it didn't see, sound like they recovered any of them. Okay. Yeah. Because my um, question was, was, did she put him to sleep? Because that was always the yeah. question, like, did she put him to sleep? And well... I have another theory on that. So Terry says that she was at the gym at 1139. According to the gym, she didn't get there till 1220 and left at 1220 or left at 1242. So she was there 22 minutes. I believe now, the gym. <laughs> no, totally. And not only that, people saw her there. They, um, she showed them the pictures of the, of the thing. Like I'm sure she was one of those people. Let me just tell you, she took a lot of pictures of them because, um, Desiree had Kyron every other weekend and they would put a flash drive in his backpack and then Desiree would upload them into her computer. And then she would do the same thing to, for Terry. They really? sounded like, they had this little thing going. And so she took a lot of pictures. However, somebody who takes a lot of pictures, are you going to show them that one picture from that morning? That right. seems a little odd, especially when these people are like, I barely even ever talked to her before. Not to mention somebody at the gym said they saw a big gash in her leg and she talked about it a little bit. Well, when she was asked what had happened, she said she got it at the gym. She dropped a weight on it. But as you know, weights are like round or they're not. Yeah. There's no like jagged, they said this was like a gash in her leg, a, a weight, even if it dropped on your leg, it would break your leg or it bruised your leg, but it's not going to cut it a deep hole into it and, or a deep gash into her leg. And, um, she doesn't happen to mention the gash to anybody except the gym. She mentions it probably cause she might've been wearing shorts or something but somebody saw it and, but never really mentions it. And then they find it. They're like, hey, how'd you get that? And then she's like, oh, you know, I was at the gym and I got that. But she didn't come out and say, you know, the funny thing is um, they were asking, where where were you for two hours? Yeah. Well, then she's like, oh, well, I did stop at that Michael's, that craft store. Oh, and I did go to the dry cleaners. Oh, but there was such a long line. I didn't go in. And then I left. Then I drove around. And then I went to the gym. And then I went home. And that's all fine. But. There's no receipt from Michaels. There's no video of her at Michaels. There's not video of her at the, 
at the dry cleaners. And when they called the dry cleaners, they're like, it wasn't even that busy today. We didn't even have a line today. There's no, it didn't, it didn't add up at all. Didn't, didn't she also say that she just drove around trying to put the little girl to sleep originally? She did. Yeah. And we know that she did that because her cell phone pings. And like, I actually have a map of all the area that she drove. It's like this big circle. And, you know, maybe when you don't work, you, you can go to two different Fred Meyers because the nine grocery stores in between each Fred Meyers probably doesn't have Motrin either. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, uh, okay. Well, and I, so, I know she went to the, the Fred Meyer over on Cornelius Pass. Was that the first Fred Meyer she went to? Because that's- yes. It is. And then she went to the one on Cedar Hills. Is that the closest Cedar Mills. one? Because I would think Cedar Hills or Cedar Mills was the, fir- the the closest one. Well, she lived right off of Cornelius Pass Road. Oh, okay. okay. So I think she just went up and over, went to that one. Then supposedly, like, there aren't there different variations of Motrin? You don't have to buy the Motrin brand. Right. Maybe There's she did. Generic. Yeah. And it's August. I mean, it's June. Like, are they really going to be out? Like no one's sick right now. Anyway. So she has to drive all the way to another one. Did they check then, to see if they, they were out of Motrin? Um, I think they did. They, and the store wasn't able to validate or is that the right word to yeah. confirm that if sure. they were out? Um, we but, should also say that she took two lie detector tests and both of them were inconclusive. And she says it's because she couldn't hear She's deaf okay. in one ear or something. Let's just say she failed the first one. She walked out of the second one and she failed the third one. She was not going to do the third one at all. And then when um, uh, Desiree says something to her, to her, the fact is when, when the media finds out that you didn't do this, that's going to look really bad. And so she went in and did it again and failed. But she was really upset with the third one because she really wanted this other officer to do it because the one that was going to be doing it to her is um, very strict and very direct. Mm-hmm. And the other one that she was more comfortable with, I think his name was Will, she had like a little flirty thing with him. Of course she did. Yeah. So... Um, she may say it's inconclusive, but according to the book and every else, everything else I read, she did not pass the first and third and she walked out of the second. Okay. So here's a question I remember, and I didn't see this today, but I remember watching Dr. Phil way back when, when this happened, didn't Dr. Phil offer to give her another one and she said she would, but then she never did it. Is that a total lie? Yeah. She claims, even on that Dr. Phil show, because I watched that too, is um, she claimed that she was told by the police not to say anything, to not get involved. And uh, when you look at her, like, and I I think I've told you this before, I really like micro expressions because you can get your answers from people before they even say it out of their mouth. Like I've been known to do this where people will ask you to do something. Hey, you want to come to my party? And you're like, yeah. And you really don't want to do it. Right. And, but your face will say no, but you are saying yes. Well, there's a question when he asks her very specifically, do you know where he is? And she says no, but she is nodding her head yes. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. I didn't. Yeah. I even kept that clip because I was like, she's saying her body is saying yes, but her voice is very much saying no. On day three, she gets all glammed up. She does her hair. She does her makeup. She does all of this stuff. And everybody else is like, not even showered for days or wearing the same clothes for the last, you know, 72 hours. And she's like already, and, um, she's going to go to Fred Myers. I don't know why she likes Fred Myers so much. And her friend Alice is like, 
don't you want to wear a hat? You know, and she's like, no, I actually want people to recognize me. Oh, let's talk about the phone pings. This is what we were saying that we knew that where she was. If you follow the phone pings, at one point, it pings at Sophie's Island. So, and I may have this wrong, but in 2010, I believe that that in that area at that time were two cell phone towers. And, you know, when you get to a certain area, it automatically jumps to the other one. Mm -hmm. But they were saying they were able to um, reduce it down to within a mile of that cell phone tower. But that's still a very big area because it goes Highway 30. It goes up to his street. It goes over Sylvie's Island. And if you know where Sylvie's Island are, if you're not from this area at all, it's right where the Willamette River connects to the Columbia River. And the Columbia River goes to the ocean. Mm-hmm. And this is where the ships come in to port. They will come up the Columbia, they go up the Willamette River, and they port in Portland. So um, Sylvie's Island is like right there. And her phone was pinging on that. But the bridge going over has a video camera and the video camera never shows her car going, the car going over there. But it is pinging over there. So their search efforts start at Sophie's Island. Now I want to point out too is, remember Casey Anthony? Yes. And she was in jail. And remember Mr. Padilla? That, um, I don't remember what he was. I think he was a bondsman. He was um, looking in some lake for Kaylee. And um, Casey Anthony comes out of her jail room or whatever, and she's looking at the video and she's like, huh, turns around like no big deal and walks off. And I knew right then and there she wasn't in there because of her reaction. But when they showed the video of them at the pet cemetery down the street from her house, she's having a panic attack. She's freaking out. So I don't think Terry was actually ever reacting because they weren't close. I agree with you. And when I watch Dr. Phil, we talk about the gut every time in the micro expressions. When um, he mentioned um, Highway 30 and Sovies Island, she said, I was never at Sovies Island. Or maybe this was an interview with somebody else, actually. That's right. That's right. Because I felt the same way because she was so, like, she didn't hesitate. She was like, I was not there. And I believe her when she said that. The one thing I believe about her. Exactly. She said, I was never there. She's a good liar, though. Like, that, that if she... Right. She can't keep any of her other stories straight, but she can remember she wasn't on Sophie's Island. Correct. But she says it so like in a way that I was like, he's not on there. Yep. But no, I wonder, had she been shown an area that he was at, would she freak out? Like, I also believe she got that gash when she did something to him. Yeah, for sure. If she, if she was guilty, let's just say. For sure. Right. If she yes. was actually guilty, I'm guessing you would get a gash in your leg when you're burying a body. Or I don't want to say that. That's terrible. But um, honestly, where is he then? Uh, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, she was she posted on Facebook that she ordered new flyers when it was actually Lithia Motors, where Desiree worked, bought the new flyers. But she was trying to get all the credit for a lot of things. Um, She's definitely a credit seeker. She is. Yeah. And um, so the funny thing that I, uh, it was not funny. It's interesting how Desiree says something like, hey, um, you know, I can remember what I ate that day. She yeah. can't remember where she drove to. Yep. She can't remember what she did that day. Like, and also on Dr. Phil, she was like, oh, it's kind of fuzzy. I don't really remember. It was, you know, so long ago. You're telling me you don't remember that day. You know, it is really hard to remember your lies. 
Mm-hmm. But you remember the truth. And especially a day like that, you are not going to forget anything. Correct. You've went over that day so many times in your head. You've gone over every decision you made, every moment that happened in the school, all of that. You cannot tell me that you're not completely obsessed with that day and it's not completely in your the forefront of your mind. Well, unless you're lying about it yeah, and you exactly. keep changing your story. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and this is super sad. Um, Tony, after 16 days of being in Portland and, you know, they're from Medford, he's like, we need to go home for a weekend. You need to get away from this. We just need to get new clothes. We need to check on the dogs that are at the neighbor's house. And he's like, just come home for a weekend. And she's like, okay, I'll come home for a weekend. She gets in her own car and she looks in the back and she can see Kyron's handprint on the glass. (gasps) And she keeps it there until the one day she sells the car. That's so sad. Yeah. She said it stayed there forever until, you know, they sold the car. And then she also found a bottled water that was in the refrigerator that Kyron had drank out of just the weekend before, or, you know, week he was there May 21st, 23rd, because he was there every other weekend. So she's like, Tony, don't ever touch this bottle of water. She stuck it way back in the back of the refrigerator and she probably still has it. I don't know, but Oh, here's Mm -hmm. another really, really sick thing I had to tell you when um, I think she had a friend drive up from Medford to come hang out with her during this whole thing. And they were staying at Kane's house and they go into Kyron's room and they're just kind of hanging out. And Terry must've been gone because Terry was always following behind. And she also didn't want them in their stuff. And, you know, he had some like laundry on the bed and, you know, his toys and she looks over and there is a picture of Kyron who's only a couple days old with Terry so she was trying to remember back she wanted to spend some time with her older son after the baby was born so she asked Kane hey can you take the baby for like an hour or two he takes it straight to his girlfriend's house so there's a picture of the newborn baby with Terry in their bedroom with Kane I mean with Kyron's bedroom and you see that for the first time you're like oh that's nice while I was married to you and pregnant, you're taking our brand new baby, you know, and then I had a baby and then you take a picture with your girlfriend. Right. She sounds like, um, she's super, she's way more mature than I would ever be. Oh, she's yeah. a lot nicer than I would ever be for sure. I mean, who knows how I would actually react in that situation, but, um, I would be a crazy bitch. Yeah. Me too. If that happened to me. Yeah. Me too. So she's super more mature than I can't ever say. Well, I I think that, you know, she tried to, you know, stay in a level of, of, um, what what do I want to say? Like faith that the justice system was going to take care of this. And what I heard in her voice today in the interviews that I watched that were much more recent um, she has really just like given up all hope. She just not, not, not given up all hope. She has given up on the idea that justice is going to be served. Like she, I could tell that she didn't say that in those words. I'm, I'm kind of taking that from what I, she said, but I just yeah. felt this utter, um, loss of confidence and the fact that it has been 10 years and she never, ever, ever thought 
that this case would still be open 10 years later. Like she knows a lot of the things we don't and she can't believe that she hasn't been arrested. Yeah. No, I think she had to play that person because she wanted everybody to keep talking and she wanted to get answers and she wasn't going to do it freaking out. Correct. Um, I totally agree. She went outside for fresh air and oh, here it is. This is so sad. This is a quote from the book from Rebecca Morris, boy missing. And so she went outside to get some fresh air and suddenly silent, a small whirlwind picked up the leaves and twigs at her feet. And I felt a present presence. It wasn't a vision of God or Chiron, but I felt that we were both with me. I felt Chiron put his hand in mine and he said, I'm okay. It's going to be okay, mama. There is a God and he does exist and I'm with him and I'm happy and I'm playing with my cards and I'm happy now, mama. I need answers and I need to find you, she says, and that might not happen. I'm with God or you're not here anymore. And he says, no, I'm in God. I'm with God and I'm in heaven. But she... I know when she does those interviews and stuff, she says that she never talks to him as if he's in past tense and where Terry does. She's like, I really loved your son on day two or even that same night. She says that, you know, I really did love him, loved him. And she's like past tense. She gets, she automatically like, you know, gets at her about that because she heard it. I heard it. Um, there's a point I wanted to make about something here was um, Desiree's talking about her son and she says, you know, he loves sushi. He's allergic to pee, to bees. He loves um, the green eyed frogs. He loves the outdoors. Like he loves to go fishing, but he was not going to put the worm on his own fishing line. Like he, right. like he likes bugs, but he's not going to touch them, you know? And, and he, you know, she was just talking about like, she wore really thick glasses when she was his age and, you know, they joke about that they were, they're similar in that way. And so she talks really highly about him, but I, we have, we haven't even gotten to Dee Dee Spicer yet. And Dee Dee no. Spicer lived in Tualatin in a condominium by the Meridian Park Hospital. Mm-hmm. But she was really good friends with Terry Horman. Yes. And so Dee Dee Spicer was working at a lavender farm. What do you think of when you think of lavender? Well, I know it's just like a giant field of lavender, right? Right. So my next door neighbor has a swimming pool and they had this huge lavender bush right next to the pool. So when the, the, the kids oh, are the around bees. there, I, I get worried that they're going to get stung by bees. So last num- summer I waited till dark and I dug up that bush and I moved it, <laughs> I moved it to a different part of the, oh they gosh. didn't care. Cause I would, I, that's what I did when I was at, while the kids were swimming in their pool, I would just clean up their yard for them. Cause they weren't home. They would be gone for the whole summer. So I moved this bush so that when the kids are playing, they're not going to get stung by bees. Well, Dee Dee Spicer works at a lavender field and Kyron Horman's allergic to bees. Right. Could this be linked at all? I don't know because honestly, physically, I'm like, how does somebody murder a child? Like, are you strangling them? Are you giving them Motrin? Like, what are you doing? How do you do that to somebody? But could you give them, get them stung by bees? And then you didn't really do it. You just didn't save them. Well, it's possible. And Dee Dee Spicer, I mean, we, I mean, just, you know, we're just getting into her, but she's, she's like the best friend, right? She works at this <sighs> nursery and she can't be found that day at work. And then yeah. two days later, like after this whole thing starting to go on, she buys a burner phone. 
She does. Well, and part of her reasoning. Okay. Yeah. So let's go into that a little bit. She's unaccounted for, for an hour and a half from working on this, in this farm. They were during the, the farm, same time that Terry yes, Foreman is unaccounted for. It's running around yeah. in the same area. Right. Right. So it's very interesting. She works at this lavender farm and, um, it sounds like there's a big event the next day. So they have a bunch of people out there trying to get it ready for this big group that's coming in, or, or maybe it's just opened for visitors and they all, all the staff always eats lunch together. Well, DZ's not around. They're calling her. Her car is still there, but her phone is in the car, but DZ's nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Well, it just happens to be the same time Terry is driving around. Actually, now, she they- says her, her phone was in the car, but nobody has confirmation of that. Okay. She but said, I don't know if you saw it pinging or anything. I mean, you know, there's no, nothing like that. We would have heard that. Don't you think she, well, I don't know. She, uh, what I read or heard was that she said that she didn't bring her phone because it was raining. And so why would she want to get it all wet? Yeah. And she's no, I guess people describe her as being very gullible and like, um, she had many jobs. She was just kind of one of those people that was like all over the place, probably like me. I had many jobs <laughs> and, um, he just worked. And I, and if you're gullible, she's so adamant though, that she did not go with her. What do you think about that? Did she go with her? She did something. I think I, I don't, I don't know that she had the wherewithal to do that. I think if she did, um, I don't she, think she knew she did it. She, if would, she did. Yes. Right. I think, I think she knows something, but I don't think she did. I don't think that Dee Dee Spicer did anything. I think she just knows something because she lawyered up too. She was well, how did they find the burner phones? Because if she didn't bring out that information on her own, why would she bring out the information that she went in a car? Like, I don't know. They always find burner phones. Like, I don't know. Well, and part of, I think what I was read at some point, or maybe it was one of Terry's stories was this reception at the house. Isn't really great. Oh, but Dee Dee said, this is what I did read this. And I don't remember if it was from that show. They did buy the burner phones because they can't be traced. She actually said that. Yeah, she did. And she said she was yeah. going to, her phone could be traced and, or not traced, um, tapped during the investigation. Yes. So she decided to get the burner phone. Yeah. So she's missing during the time. They all eat together. She mysteriously mysteriously shows up at one o'clock. But, you know, as we know, um, Terry was at the gym 1220 to 1242. Right. So how did that work out? Like, I think if she would have picked her up by like 10, she could have had her back at 1240 or 1230 and got to the gym in time. And do you really think Dee Dee helped with this and hasn't said anything by now? Well, where was she then? I know. Could she have been on the farm, just like she said, and nobody just knew where she was? It's possible. It's an, I know. It's a really big coincidence, though, isn't it? It's just kind of weird that it literally was right down the street from the school. Terry does refer to the show Dexter at one point. Later, Desiree heard Terry had told a friend something she'd learned from an episode of the show. Leaving a body in water, a river or lake, maybe, was the best way to hide it. Well, I know that's where they, why they looked at Sobey's Island, too. Yeah. And they maybe maybe the they remember that quote, and that's why they headed out there. Oh, okay. The one thing that um, they were having a difficult time with the search dogs 
was there was no scent because everything that was brought home, including the backpack and the jacket, everything had been washed. So there was no scent they could find of Kyron's. And that was the question. Why did she wash all of his stuff when he was missing? And why, why would you, why would you throw that in the wash? We know why she did it, but we don't know why somebody who's innocent would do that. Yes. I know. I mean, is her house that clean? It sounded like the front yard had this huge mud hole in it that the detectives, the police actually brought in either sawdust or some sort of um, rocks in there so that they wouldn't track out all this mud. It doesn't sound like this big, beautiful home. It just sounded like a regular modest home. But is it is it that clean inside? Well, here's here's my thing from being in a lot of people's houses is that for the most part, when you live in those rural areas, you just do have a lot of dust coming into the house. So you tend to have, and I, I don't want to say messy, just you have a lot of gravel out there. You have a lot of dust. You have a lot of dirt. You're constantly working in the yard um, unless everything's just pristinely manicured around you. And I, I know from experience that that is typical. To have it clean, super clean? No, to not. Yeah. Well, to have everything clean. I know that Kyron had issues with wetting the bed. And they were saying because, um, I don't know, stress or something. Okay, so let, let that goes back to my issue with her saying that was he being sexually abused? Was he being sexually abused? And I hate to, to like throw people under the bus on here, but this the other the other son the stepson that went okay so that was one of my points too like um i know that she said that she saw kyron do something but no kid would naturally know how to do anything no they don't know that stuff unless they were taught that so is that why he left or were we just speculating maybe we won't ever know that information i'm Um, totally speculating i will be the first to admit i would hate to like say anything malice about some young person right because this boy yeah. was what 16 at the time. But that's the big question for me. Like why was this boy sent away? What happened? Well, there could have been lots of reasons why he was peeing the bed and it doesn't have to be that he was actually being molested. He could have had diabetes and they hadn't caught it yet. He could and have been being abused by Terry. She could have been being mean to him. I mean, there's a oh, whole I think lot. she was she was very strict. If he didn't get the color-coded card that she wanted, which was only put together for her own son, then she wanted Kane to discipline him. And I, I don't know. The yeah. whole thing is a mess. I know that um at one point when they were all coming back from I think from something. They were all in the car together and Desiree was staring at the window and uh, Terry looks at her and says, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm just looking for Kyron. And she's like, you'll never find him that way. (gasps) Terry hires a very expensive Stephen Howes, $350,000 retainer. So that was my other question that I had is how did she afford that? Did her parents like leverage their house? I think they did. I think, um, so she's adopted. She's an only child. They were just school teachers in Medford. Yeah. Uh, I think that maybe they saved their money. I have no idea, but, um, she somehow got that. I mean, I don't know. Kane asked Desiree at some point if she would take Kayla 
And at first she thought it was just temporarily like, like it would be great to have her, you know, the boys loved her. She's thinking when Kyron gets home, we can all be together. And, um, he's like, so I just want you to know though, Terry would be able to get visitation rights with her. And she's like, listen, the only way I will let her have any visitation rights is if she tells me where Kyron is. And then, um, but she also kept telling Kane, I really do need to think about this. Really think really good at this about what you're saying right now. And she said, um, he decided, no, I like, I can't tell that to Terry or for whatever reason he Wait, backed he down. Wanted, he wanted Desiree to adopt the little girl to take Kayla. Yes. And now she regrets encouraging him to be that parent. She's like, I really wish I would have had her now, but, um, he, uh, did ask her, at least according to the book, he asked her if she would be willing to do that. And that could have been just one conversation. Right. Um, wow. And we never even got into the whole sexting. It was, um, three weeks after they were separated is when, do we even talk about the murder for hire? No, yet? we haven't even touched the murder for hire. Oh my god! I know. Yeah, she's totally like texting, sexting, which they do talk about on Doctor Phil, and he actually goes into showing pictures and stuff. And it was just really poor taste. And while most people are looking for a missing child, she's out there, um, you know, showing her sexting. stuff. And yeah. Well, and then we haven't discussed the fact that, like, in 1990, she had a boyfriend that she was on a date with out in the middle, like, out of a park or something, and they're sitting on a park bench. And Eating some Chinese food. Okay. Somebody comes out yeah. of the bushes and, um, you know, like, all hooded up and scary looking, and she says, oh, he's here for you. Yeah. And then he files for a restraining order and he gets it. Yes. Like you would have to really show. So then the, he heard of the story of the guy who was in prison who um, either knew or was that person. And so I think they're actually, or I don't, they probably figured it out by now who that guy actually was who came out of the woodwork. But um, yeah, they were eating Chinese food. She was 20. He was 18. Um, but why did but she want him killed? I don't know <laughs> because it sounds like they were having a nice little date eating Chinese food out in the park. Like why would, I don't know. I feel like we've been all over the place in this. We are this thing because there's so many facets to it. And I, it's really hard, you know, as I watched all these shows today and videos and kind of got myself refreshed, there's so much to it. You, it's really hard to not go off on a tangent and to keep yeah. from the beginning to the end. The beginning to the end is the unfortunate life of this little boy. Oh, and and so sad. you and I sit here and we want to tell everybody about this, th this thing that happened because we all have fallen in love with this little boy. Like yeah. we knew nothing about him. We didn't know anything. And like you said, I actually really like Desiree too. Yeah, I, like, I do. I, you know, I had a little trouble with her at the beginning, but I actually feel for her. And I, as I watched, well, I think her, we all did, we all kind of did because we're like, why, what kind of mom doesn't have her kids? Yes. Yeah. Now we understand and we understand that she's the only one that we still see fighting for him. And I feel horrible that I judged her like that. And I think, yeah. you know, you and I appreciate the fact that, um, 
when we when we research these true crime stories and everything, you can't help but kind of get some suspicions or some questions or whatever. And I feel horrible that that was where my mind first went when I heard this. But yeah, as I was listening to her today, I was tearing up and just thinking, I couldn't imagine every day being faced with this. And, and you know, such a trivial thing. I mean, it, there's so much going on right now. We could talk about Black Lives Matter, but um. You know, every day at the beginning of quarantine, I woke up just going, please tell me this is not happening. Like, just (laughs) tell me this is over. Like, tell me this isn't true. And it's such a first world problem that I can't leave my big, beautiful house, right? Yeah. Like, get a grip with yourself, right? And then you have... It happens every day because there's no closure to it. Yes. Like, it's like, I remember like when, let's just say my mom or my dad died and you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just like, you finally got to sleep and then you wake up and you're like, oh God. And you remember it all over again. Right. Like that would be so terrible. Yeah. And And, and and we just need to find him. And I'm like, okay, so now Terry has been married. And I think, um, Kane will mention that I, and you know, at this point, like, are you just bashing somebody or is it true? But like that he thinks that she had a drinking problem. The regular bus driver that Kyron had, had mm-hmm. a boy named Carson, Carson's sister and grandmother all saw Kyron leaving with the, the stepmom. Really? The school. That's in the book. Sorry, we're just bouncing all over the place, but I just found that in my notes. I had to say it out loud before I forgot. I did not know that. Um, there were a couple of things that were said and then retracted and then said again. And then they, they said it like, um, so that was one. And there was one other thing that, um, they retracted. Let's see, this is, it might be that, that might've been the bombshell, um, that they were, the car was spotted along the roads before the, we knew that one too. And then the work truck was actually spotted. Um, so the truck was pulled over on a fire trail. Newberry Road out in that area. I have to look at the map to see where Newberry Road was. But um, she says she was claiming that she changed a diaper. And then the police are like, where's the diaper? You know, they they searched the cars um, and they well, didn't did find they anything. they that area of Newberry? I'm sure they did. I'm sure that's probably, you know, I drove out there and there. So the street that they live on, the road that they live on, yeah. if you go like, um, Cornelius Pass Road goes all the way down to Highway 30 mm-hmm. and they live off a side road. There's another street. If you go like a block over, it runs parallel to it. Mm-hmm. And in between there's these huge, like um, dense wooded areas. And there are almost like these ravines everywhere. And when I drove it, it's called Lod- Lodi, Lodi Road. And um, it runs parallel to the one we're talking about. And um, goes all the way down to Highway 30. And so imagine like two lines going straight down. And on the left side is the Lodi room or Lodi, Lodi Road. And then the one that they live off of. If you go that one block over, it's not a block. It's a mile or something. Um, you can, there's certain areas where you can pull off and you can see all the way almost down the, the hill and all the way up the hill. And it's like this huge, like drop off ravine. Like somebody could just toss somebody down there and it is so steep that you would probably get a big gash in your leg when you're trying to climb back up. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, just and saying. At the, yeah, but if you go down those streets, 
parallel all the way to the bottom in between is like a body of water between the two streets at the very bottom on highway 30. And that's a private property though. So I don't, I mean, I couldn't imagine somebody able to, you know, go into that water. You know, it's hard to put a body underwater and have it not resurface. The only thing I'm thinking is if you go to the Columbia, it could go out to the ocean. Yeah. But don't we remember, I remember hearing stories about um, like big buckets or containers that the lavender farm had. That was one of the suspicions I thought, as I recall. They, okay. And then what she put them in one of them. And then that's why you don't smell it. Like, but how do you physically kill a seven-year-old child? I think you put him to sleep and then you, I don't know. How would you, how would you get that, that barrel to stay underwater? You wait it. Okay. Let's do, let's just do the rundown. Um, Thursday night, she takes, or Thursday, she takes the project to school. Friday morning, Kane says, congratulations, good luck today. They go to school. Um, stepmom, daughter, son, stepson, go to school. Uh, look at the science projects, take a picture. Uh, she says she leaves with the baby. Kyron is not seen ever since then. She goes to Fred Meyer, to Fred Meyers. She goes driving around for two hours happens to stop at the gym for 22 minutes, then heads home, posts a picture on Facebook at 1.21. Kane's home by 2, 3.45. They go to the bus and Kyron's not on it. And then they go straight to the school. The police are called. Desiree's called. They're, she's here by 9, in 9.18 or something. In the morning? And No, that night. Oh, okay. I mean, okay, she was so going to come I that way. Yeah. Wondered what the deal was with Kane and why he didn't go to the science fair. I think he works. He had to be at work. He's an engineer at Intel. I think. I, I you know he was it. never an active dad to begin yeah. with. He didn't even want kids. Yeah. You know, and Desiree was shocked when she found out that, you know, Terry was having a daughter because he didn't even want Kane or um, Kyron. And so I think he just goes to work. He does. You know, he does his thing. But then here's my question. Then he insists on naming every child that he has with a K. Yeah. Kermit. Yeah. Kermit. I think she put a put squash on that one. Yeah. I heard um, that. Yeah. You know, like Michael wasn't always, you know, at all the school functions. I did a lot of that stuff. You know, if it was after hours, he would go, but not like, you know, it's first thing in the morning. Yeah. Not not everybody is like Eric, Melissa. <laughs> not everybody is like Eric, I'll tell him that. <laughs> and you know, like he probably that was just her job. She didn't work. That was probably her well, thing. That was I kind you of, know I kind of don't like that when I see that out of out of parents when it's especially a stepchild. Like, why are you making it your, your wife's job, your new wife's job? And I understand she says that he's her She signed up for it. She knew all along that his wife was pregnant when they were dating. Like, and you have to like, think of, you know, he's, he didn't, he's not a great picker when it comes to her, right? Like he just didn't, I think she was, you know, he was weak. She was manipulative. She won him over. Then she already signed up for that because, 
she was already pregnant. There was nothing they could do about that. So she was ready. She loved kids. She wanted to be a teacher. She was ready for that. Like if, if it meant that she won him and it was a child involved, she didn't care. She just was glad that she won. Yeah. I think, you know, he picked her over his own wife. She was happy about that. Yeah, she was. You're right. And I'm sure she did all she could to convince him how she was just going to take care of everything. I think she felt like she knew she was losing him. Then she's resentful that her son sent away to go live with her parents. She gets in a fight with him the night before. And all of this stuff is like brewing. And then either somebody took him or she just looks really bad. Yeah, for sure. Either she got really, really lucky or somebody else did too. Yeah. Who told us that this would be solved in three years? Was it you? I think so. Yeah. I think you did say that. I think you told me that. I said three years, but I don't know what that meant. I said it. But that Um, was, that was just recently. So like we're starting, didn't we say it was 2023? Maybe. I think you said that this year. And so this is what Desiree says in the book. I believe that Terry Harmon knows where Kyron is. I believe that Terry Harmon is responsible where my son is. She just said that. I think she sedated him with Kaylee. That was the other thing I wanted to know. And we'll talk about this in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, while Kitty with Kitty's medicine and took him somewhere. I think she thought it wouldn't be a big deal. Kyron's dis- disappearance would have blown over. Or she wanted to kill Kane, give Kyron to me, and get Kane's life insurance with Kiki or Kitty. Sorry. No matter the outcome, no matter what Terry did that day, we still have to find Kyron. We need to get the answers and we need, we still need to hold her accountable. I wait for the phone call every day to tell me he's coming home. I have begged detectives to notify me first so I can get to Portland. I hope I'm wrong, I, I, um, but I fear that he is gone forever. I know families who have been waiting 30 years for justice. And that's not going to be our family. There's just not going to be our they're not going to prosecute Terry until they find Kyron because they only get one chance. You can't do it again. And it's yeah. a no body case. It, and they talk about that in the book too and how difficult those are. So that, that the 70 yards, yeah, it was a no body case. And then they finally found her. Uh. Um, so, well, and the fact of the matter is, which I was going to say to you when you were telling me that yeah. is that typically they are close to home and typically it's somebody close to the fa- you know, close to them. So the fact that everybody suspects Terry and, um, you know, it, it's sad if she's being prosecuted in our minds before she's even, you know, brought to justice and all that, if, if she really didn't do this, but, um, you know, there's a lot of points of things that she did really horribly. Um, from the murder for hire twice, um, you know, to having the affairs and to, to, to emailing that she didn't like Kyron, because that's something that we haven't even mentioned, but that she yeah. emails, which she denies saying on Dr. Phil, by the way, but, um, there's just so but they many- have them. That's what the weird part too. Yeah. And even the night before or the early that morning after the fight, yeah. She emails a friend yeah. saying how much she despises him. And yeah, 
there's just so much to this case that points to her. Um, you know, and honestly, I don't think it was even Kyron. I think she didn't like Kane anymore. Yeah. I was taking it out on the little boy. Well, I heard at the very beginning and nowhere in today's stuff did I hear this, but I did hear he was kind of a hyper little boy, but he was also He's seven. He's a boy. Yeah. Remember how Jacob was? Yeah, but I, I totally agree. My son was very um, energetic, spirited, as they call him. But um, she had a boy. So she had yeah. Quinn. Was he not like that? Okay. It's also not hers. Yes. It's different. I don't, I don't care what people say when it comes to stepchildren. I think it is different. And I always tell my friends, like, like when um, they're, you know, getting divorced or they're divorced, I'm like, nobody will love your kids the way you and your husband love your kids. You and I have said that so many times to each other over the yeah. years. That is absolutely true. And if you think that you're going to bring in a pre- replacement dad, you are just wrong. I'm sure my kids annoy the shit out of people where other people's kids annoy the shit out of me. (laughs) I'm sure that is true. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I can handle my craziness. I don't want to deal with somebody else's. Well, and I I think I've always thought that it's because I, in some ways, made that craziness. Like, my kids do make me crazy sometimes, but I also go, well, it's probably, you know, partly having to do with me. Somehow I did that or somehow I contributed to that or, you know, something. Yeah. So I take, well, they're all parts of us. Like, you know, they grew up with us. So that's just, you know, I just have a feeling that how can you take all your frustration out on a little boy? Yeah. I think it had to do with the whole situation and not just him. And I think maybe she thought if Kyron was gone, that they would have their own little family. Why didn't she manipulate the whole situation into getting Desiree, you know, Kyron back? Like that's my whole thing. So and when she people- did. It says it in the book. She's, she, um, Kane was out on vacation, not vacation. He was away for work. She calls Desiree and says, do you want Kyron? You should take Kyron. He gets wind of it and he's pissed. No, she can't have him. Yeah. Why didn't she just manipulate him the way she manipulates everything? I mean, the solution is not to to take the kid out. Well, I'm sure that they got in a big fight about her own son. You know, the focus was on like maybe the issue was her own son and not Kyron. Yeah. So he had to start with that, you know. And so six months before all of this happened, her son gets shipped off. It's also the same time the murder for hire happened. Right after he left is when that happened. And so when Kane hooked up with Terry, they met at the gym, but they met at a restaurant. They, you know, they met at the restaurant. Right. They found each other at the gym. They met at the restaurant. Well, guess what? She meets with the landscaper at a restaurant. I mean, maybe a lot of people eat at restaurants and do that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe people eat every day. I don't know. I just like some of those behaviors. Kane always finds his people at the gym. Like, I don't know. Maybe I was read way too much into that, but um, I think she got mad that her son was shipped away and there's still problems. And well, and I guess why did she get shipped away? I mean, I, I, I hear in, I've heard that, you know, the son was supposed to do the yard work and he didn't. And so she got the landscapers and all, and all this stuff. So I think there, what there was trouble with the, the boy and Kane, but I don't have yeah. any confirmation of that. I'm totally yeah. making that up. 
yeah, no, I don't have, I have no idea what had happened there and why. And was there something know. about the boy not being there when, when Kyron was there? Like what happened there? Yeah. There's so many more questions. I think she just made there. all that stuff up to cause reason Could for be. people to, like, to confusion. Well, and it sounds like Kane has been a man of few words, like forever. Yes. yes. You know, and he was probably raised in a family like that. We can't say that he doesn't feel, he just doesn't show his emotions like Desiree does. Yeah. But as a father, you know that you're also going through this and it, and it cannot be easy. And so for, at least for Desiree and for Kane to have some closure yeah. and um, have some answers for the little sister and, you know, the half brothers and then the cousins and, you know, there was a lot of people that are missing this little boy. Terry is a manipulative and she likes herself and she is, how do you get into somebody's brain like that and have them tell you all their secrets? I think you have to be like a lover of hers, right? And do you think her current husband knows? I think he has suspicions, don't you? And is she married still again? she as far as I know she's still married and I can't remember his name but it said um it's something Jose I actually looked it up on Facebook let me see and I found his page but then I was like do I push friend requests (laughs) (laughs) does he know does he know and he's not going to he knows um, is he in danger if they if it doesn't go well? Well, yes, that is evident. And how somebody thinks that that kind of girl is something you want to take a chance on, I don't know. Did he know before all of this? Probably. How could he not? She tried to change her name twice and it was denied. Uh-huh. But now I think she probably could change her name because she's legitimately married. I want to share with you one of my go-to pieces of clothing during this stay-at-home order. I have literally been living 24-7 in shorts or leggings and, of course, my favorite sports bra. I've been wearing this sports bra since it was created, but I wanted to share with our listeners and give you a discount code. I'm so excited. I only wear handful bras and that's handful.com because they are so comfortable and easy to wear. They also flatter, not flatten if you know what I mean. They come in adorable colors and patterns so you can wear them with anything. Through the summer, I'm always in a handful. My new favorite design of theirs is the double down bra, but I have all the styles and the leggings and I love their leggings. They're wonderful. So I wanted to share with you, go to handful.com and use the code salon sleuths. It's spelled S-A-L-O-N-S-L-E-U-T-H-S. You're going to get 25% off any one item on their entire site including sale items. So I encourage you, check it out. You will literally not be sorry. The adjustable bra, for those of you who may be long torsoed or long or short, whatever, you can adjust it to where you fit. Love them, love them, love them. Get yourself one. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.